The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Today FM. Now our first guest is somebody I suspect you'll be easily enough able to put a face to the name and to the voice because he has been on British television so much over the last couple of decades. Presenter of The Apprentice, You're Fired. at The One Show match of the day two big money transfer to ITV to present football and morning time television about a decade or so ago as well he also made a documentary which got a lot of attention a few years ago called Drinkers Like Me and the theme of alcohol is very much behind his new book a partial memoir The Good Drinker How I Learned to Love Drinking Less Adrian Childs thank you very much for taking the time to join us not at all thank you Uh, thank you for having me no a good drinker. What do you mean by that? Well, actually, first of all, a good drinker is a bit of a hostage to fortune as a title because uh, you know if I'm seen falling out of a pub or misbehaving some way, it's gonna, I'm gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna somewhat devalue everything I've written. I mean, perhaps it should have been a good, a good drinker question mark. Um, but, but what it's getting at is that I've learned to, I've just learned to drink less. In making that documentary, I realised that, you know, even though I'm not what anybody would have described as a problem drinker, i.e., you know, waking up in shop doorways or, or, you know, or drinking wine for breakfast or anything like that, even though I wasn't that, I still had a problem with alcohol because I was drinking an enormous amount. And I've just... I've just found a way of cutting down. And by doing that, I've kind of, in order to do that, I've just looked at my drinking life story and examined why, you know, I got into drinking and questioning, you know, why it's got such importance in my life and lots of other lives. And why has it? Uh, I think, you know, I think it's a powerful drug, I think is the, is the honest answer. I mean, it's the, is the simplest answer. You know, it's an addictive drug. And, you know, when you're a teenager, certainly in this country, you know, you have your first sips and for some people, you know, you just suddenly, you know, it just suddenly feels great. And suddenly you surround yourself with a lot of mates and all you think about is how much you can drink. And you're not allowed to go in the pub until you're 18 and drink. So that becomes like the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. And before you know it, you're drinking more and more. And the more you take an addictive drug, the more, you know, you, you, are, you are likely to drink. You know, I think, I, sort of, I kind of think that's the point. And we do, we do surround ourselves with other drinkers, with drinkers like us. And that makes us believe that, well, everybody drinks. So why, so why, shouldn't, uh, so why shouldn't I? When in fact, most people are very moderate. Most drinkers are very moderate drinkers. But you weren't. I wasn't, no. I wasn't. And I thought, I thought everybody drank like me. I thought everybody, you know, everybody was, was, was drinking most days and, you know, needed it for their, to, needed it to function socially. And that is because I surrounded myself with, with other big drinkers. And, it's only when you look at the figures you realise that you know most drinkers, certainly more than half of all drinkers, are drinking within the government sort of fourteen unit guidelines. You know, and I just think, I think when you realise that, you start thinking, hang on, us big drinkers are the outliers, not the people that can just, you know, drink very moderately. 
how far over the government guidelines were you? Oh, God, I was about five, six, seven times over the guideline. And I was, you know, comfortably, I mean, you know, well over 50 units, probably near a 100 units a week. But, but my problem was I was too good at it. You know, I didn't get hangovers. You know, I was I was working. I was quite successful. You know, I, it didn't. You know, you weren't particularly overweight. I didn't have any obvious health problems. I didn't misbehave. You know, and and so you know, it's it, it's drinkers like me who were in the danger zone because there were nature wasn't giving us warnings to slow down. This is a very personal question that I wouldn't normally ask of a guest, but I think yeah. it is pertinent given the book that you've written. Yeah. Were you ever diagnosed as an alcoholic or do you regard yourself as one? Well, you see, I don't, well, I don't, you see, I don't believe and, and, and I think a lot of people, a lot of medics and clinicians don't necessarily believe in alcoholism as a disease. And there's a lot of people who say that is the problem. If you consider it a disease, then it's a disease that you've either got or you haven't got. And it's quite easy to convince yourself you haven't got this disease because you've got this idea of what it looks like, waking up in shop doorways, drinking wine in the morning, etc. I think it's more likely to be on some kind of continuum where just the more you drink, the, the more at risk you are. So, you know, there are... You know, so, I mean, that doesn't really answer your question. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't believe necessarily in alcoholism as a thing. Uh, I don't necessarily disbelieve it, but I don't think, I think the important thing is to work out how much you are drinking. And, and then if it's a lot, you are going to pay a price sooner or later. Yeah, but Adrian, could that be a convenient way of avoiding the issue, saying you don't believe well, in alcoholism well, as such, well, no, so therefore no, you don't need to treat it by stopping the consumption of alcohol. Yeah. Well, nobody's no, nobody's uh, nobody's accused me of having a you know a convenient excuse to hide the problem. I could hardly be more open about the problem, having done a, a TV program. Yeah, sorry, about but you're open about the problem, but not necessarily about dealing with it if you continue yeah. well, to no, drink. Well, I have dealt with it. I have dealt with it because I brought my drinking down. I've cut my drinking down to about a quarter of what a quarter of what I used to drink. So you know that. I mean, I think that 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 tells it that tells its own story. And I think there's so many people who are told who think of alcoholism as a disease, think that the only way of dealing with excessive consumption is to stop completely. That that has a danger, and then that frightens people from actually seeking help. It puts people off seeking help because they're frightened to death of being told they'll have to stop completely. Now, in some cases, it is absolutely appropriate to, to, to stop completely. It's probably... It's probably the only option. With me, I tried to do it a different way. Now, look, if it goes back up to the level it was at, you know, five years ago, then, all right, hands up. I'll have to say, but I either stop completely or, or pay the price. But I do believe I've sort of changed my way of, of, of dealing with it. There's a phrase about having your cake and eating it. I don't know what the alcoholic um, comparison might be, having your pint and drinking it maybe, but... You know, well, I mean, there's a problem. There goes a problem because, you know, if, if somebody of that mindset stops me in the street and says, oh, you've given up drinking, well done. I say, no, no, I haven't actually. I've, I've just moderated. 
then they think one of two things. One, they will they will look at you and smile quite sadly and say, oh, well, well, there you go. And I know what they're thinking. They're thinking, oh, you're kidding yourself. You haven't, you haven't conquered the problem. Then if you can convince them that you have conquered the problem, then what they think is, well, well, you can't have had that much of an issue in the first place if you've managed to get your consumption down. And so, you know, if you are moderating, and people do, you, you never, if you're not careful, you never get a lot of credit for it. And look, you know, look, time, time, time will tell. I mean, it's been a good three or four years now. My consumption has gone right down, and I'm a better person for it. And also, and also, I enjoy drinking all the more. Do you drink every day? No. Think about, three, think about three days a week, something like that. Do you feel a need to drink on the days that you don't drink? No, not necessarily, no. I can get, sometimes think early evening, I sort of oh, I fancy a pint. But then, you know, then once I'm over that hump, I don't think about it at all. An alcohol-free beer does it for me anyway. You know, I think I think that you know, alcohol-free Guinness is a is a game changer. It'll be good when that comes on on tap. I mean, I love I, mean, I love pubs, and the trouble with pubs, if you don't want to drink beer, then it's difficult to know what to drink because I mean, alcohol-free beer is the next best option, and that is the second healthiest thing to drink in a pub after water because everything else is full of sugar and, and sweeteners. So, but you know, it went to, the more available alcohol-free beer is, the better it will be for me. If you know, if, if zero Guinness is on tap, and there's big bottles, you know, half-litre bottles of cold lager-type alcohol-free beer, then that's a game changer for me as well. It tends to come in piddly little bottles and cans, which doesn't feel like a proper drink. Are you still able to socialise without having alcohol in your hand? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, not, but if you you're know, able to do that, if you're able to do that yeah. with the alcohol-free beers on three or four nights of the week, why not extend it into seven nights a week? Why do you need alcohol at all now? Well, I mean, that's that's a reasonable question, and I'll just say, you know, like it or not, my life to some extent has been built around it. Most of my friends drink. I generally, you know, go to I spend a lot of time in pubs, and. Yeah, but look, it's a fair question, and kind of that's my, you know, that's kind of, sort of that's my answer to it. It's just, it's just kind of what I've always done, and and when I do drink, I do really enjoy it. You know, I could enjoy. I mean, I've realised that the first drink is the only one that really matters. The first drink is the one that achieves a change of emotional state in you, and every subsequent drink is a vain attempt to recreate that feeling that the first drink gave you. And once you get to the third or fourth drink, if you go that far, it's not making that much difference. You're then drinking for the sake of drinking. So when I do drink, it tends to be just one or two pints because I know I've worked out those are the ones that, that I enjoy. Adrian Charles, I don't want to labour the point, and I am, as I say, concerned about not asking too intrusive questions, but you have yeah. written about this. But could it be that you're, you've found a level to make you a functioning alcoholic? No, no, I was a functioning alcoholic before. 
Were you really, no, though? Did it not affect your work? Did it no. not affect relationships? No, no, I, I don't think it did. And I think it's difficult to find anyone who knows me who thinks it did. I mean, I don't think anybody thought of me as a particularly heavy drinker or was just too good at it. I mean, I can't say I wouldn't have been better at doing my jobs or better at relationships if I didn't drink, because we can always be better at everything. But, um, you know, I don't think... Again, I don't believe in the word alcoholic necessarily. I believe I was a problem drinker so much. Now I think I'm not a problem drinker or, or you know, a, 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 at least a, a less of a problem drinker. Could it be, though, Adrian, though, even if this works for you, that there is a danger that if others who are alcoholics read this okay, and but say... I don't believe in that word. I okay, all right, w. Okay, so, other problem, problem drinkers. drinkers. Yeah, Let's talk yeah. about other problem drinkers, Sir Adrian, yeah. that they see you promoting what might be a sort of a, an easy option, except they won't I'm be not, able to cope in the way that you've been able to cope. Well, That's, I don't think it's an easier option. I think moderating in many ways is harder. And anyone who read the book would see that I don't advocate that anyway. If you want to stop can't stop it's more straightforward just do it but also as i said before don't you know be aware it is possible to you know change your mindset and drink less you know it, you know give it a try don't think the only solution is to stop completely necessarily because that might stop you from seeking help in the first place how much help did you get um, well, I mean, I suppose I got a lot of help in the sense that I kind of made a documentary about it. So that in itself for, forced me to do what, what everyone's had it easy because the documentary itself forced me to address it. Yeah, but that's self-help, Adrian. I mean, have you had professional yeah, yeah, help? Well, yeah, I mean, but self-help. I mean, I spoke to a number of therapists for the documentary. And I, and and also, you know, if you're known for it, then people are always stopping you and talking about it. So all the time, you're having to think about it. So my self-help has been making the documentary and reading the book. But I've had, you know, I've had plenty of therapy along the way about things, and, and this, you know, and this, and, and this has been, and this has been part of it. Have you considered, and I'm not saying that this is necessarily the case, but I want to ask you the question, have you considered that you might be in denial as to the full extent of the issues and problems? Yeah, of course, yeah. Of course. And look, it's 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 not a complete impossibility, but what matters is the scores on the doors. It's just how much I'm drinking. It is just an awful lot less than it was. And to finish, Adrian Charles, are you in a good place? Uh, well, I wasn't until you started berating me. But yeah, I am, no, I, no, I am in a good. I'm joking. I'm in a good. Yeah, yeah, I am. Sorry, okay. I, I'm not berating you, and I'm not no, judging no, you. I'm no, just I'm asking you about joking. the content no, of your book. Look, no, you're at, no, I'm joking. You know, you're absolutely right to ask all these questions. Am I in a good place? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, sort of mental health is better, and that's partly, I suppose, the drinking might help. That is slightly confused in my case because I've. You know, I got diagnosed with ADHD or ADD about three years ago, and that and that was a really life changing thing. But I mean, that sort of complicates matters talking about that. But that's 
you know, getting sort of therapy and medication for that, I really realized, you know, that was the root of a, you know, of, of a lot of things. So, you know, that, that has helped me be in a better place. And I got married and I'm just, you know, extravagantly happy. If my football team weren't useless, I'd be in a very good place indeed. All right. Well, look, look after yourself, Adrian Childs. Thank okay. you for being so frank Cheers, in talking Not to us sure. about the book, The Good Drinker, How I Learned to Love Drinking Less. 087-4100-102 gives you the last word by text or by WhatsApp. The last word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.